Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. My cigarette and my ashtray and my white shirt. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 16 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Jax. My name is Stu. My name is Gina. I'm Stork, and I was just uh, commenting the fact that Gina's running the board here, and Stu's like, and the banter all yeah. back and forth. It's like, I, mean, I got yeah. a green here. You got to we're, we're live. We're good to go. We and it's NASA. like you're launching a satellite. Yeah, yeah. they're like NASA. It was NASA. Not NASA. Yeah, NASA. Leviosa. <laughs> we have we have, yes. Osa. we have more computing power here than they had to launch it. I know, right? <laughs> I have more computing power in my phone. Right. That they probably yeah. It was crazy. Crazy slide rules and flashcards. It's yeah. crazy and 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 ticker tape punch cards, punch cards, and lots of coffee and cigarettes. Coffee yes, apparently. cigarettes. That's yeah. still. What did I? I read a book once and they dedicated it to nicotine and alcohol because that's what authors do. Oh, yeah. and journalists, right? That's what. Yeah, that's what. That's right. That and eat eat free food, right? That's why they cover conventions. It's not because they care. It's because they have free food and they don't have to pay for it. That's right. Exactly. What? Yep. Yeah. Journalists are the biggest mooches in the planet. Absolutely. Really? Oh, Total absolutely. Total smell feast. Yep. Yes. Smell feast. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. It's a word. It's Elizabethan. It's a word. It's a true word. Everybody in this right episode now. of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, we're going to talk about uh, our GM topics continue. This one about bu- building a good villain. Uh, Brendan from Ontario a writes good in... good villain? Isn't that an oxymoron? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Brendan from Ontario, the Canadian one, uh, writes in about helping teenagers play better... Good luck. Uh, and Monkwork writes in a uh, uh, clockwork Monkwork clockwork monk yeah. writes in about seven hours of superheroic shenanigans. But first, but first, if you'd like to email first. us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail That's happyjacksrpg at gmail That's how Steve, that's how uh, Michael Jackson walked. But first, when he moonwalked. <laughs> uh, we're on the social medias. I'm so we're glad on, you weren't going yeah. with a Gmail joke and and. Michael Jackson, never mind. What? Yeah, uh, you can. We're on Twitter, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. I yeah. said the email, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Do you want to email us yet? Okay. Yeah. Do you want uh, lots of emails? Uh, we got a okay amount. I mean, we're, I'm only doing two in this because I think we're going to, I think the topic may go for a while. Okay. Uh, also, Instagram. We're on Instagram. There's pictures, what? there's pictures, what? screenshots. What? what? Happy Jacks RPG, again, That's all new. one word. And if you'd like to watch the show live, you can watch the show at Happy Jacks dot org slash live uh, Friday nights at 8pm and then of course all of our actual plays are streamed as well we have two uh, new uh, actual plays that are going to be starting uh, character gen sessions are going to happen in December in fact uh, yeah. Hallowed Fields which yeah. is uh, Kurt's Vampire the Dark Ages game yep. um, we're not going to stream character gen for that um but our character gen for that is tomorrow evening, I think. Exciting. And then when is our character gen for L five R? Oh no, I'm still waiting on the invite for Hollow. Um, I just Lord. looked at it. Talk to Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. I was just looking at that. Probably it's not this week. Yeah. It's next week, I think. It's uh, character gen for L five R is the L5R. third. It's it's the third. That would be tomorrow. Seventeen. No. Sunday. Seventeen. No. Or is it the third? I thought Sunday. Isn't Sunday moat? Or is, or is yeah. moat later? I believe things no, got Sunday's, moved around. Sunday's you know what? I believe that the third is. J- you can go to slash <laughs> schedule and find out all I the believe, it was the I believe that yeah. the L5R. Okay, maybe it got moved around again. I was counting on Pro tip. Sunday. 
watch the calendar at the end. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Kimmy right now is furiously typing right now. Yeah. No, I think she's already put it up. Okay. Okay. It's probably. But anyway, yeah. There's stuff happening. There is. We're starting two new games and two games are sunsetting. Uh huh. Uh, Well, I can't read the calendar. Tomorrow Legion is sunsetted. Mm -hmm. I think. Yep. Uh, We're done. Uh, What else? Uh, Moat. We're only going to do one more session of Moat because we had so many cancellations and we're pushing. We're already into December now. And yeah. So and that's the third. Our final Moat of Sin (laughs) game is going to be on this Sunday. Yes, it 4 is. 4 p.m. Sunday is moat. Happy Jacks Rogue slash live. So, someone named Happy Jacks RPG is in the chat room that's not me. So I'm guessing. It might be Kimmy. Yeah, no, it's Kimmy. She said, I am. Sunday is moat. There's caps going on. L5R is at 17th. See? Oh, yeah, right. 17th. L5R at 4 p.m. We'll yeah. be doing character character yeah. creation. So. You, got, you got to forgive me. There was much banter back and forth about yes. when and what and who and People are scheduling stuff. Can, and it's, right. the, it's the holidays. But if you go to happyjacks.org slash schedule, or schedule if you yeah. live in the United States. And, and there will be a lovely calendar that goes up at the end of the episode. Yes. We should do a Christmas episode with that. With a happy Jackie Christmas. Oh, it's the best time of the year. Little elf hats and there was stuff? A t- there was a time when, when listeners were writing... Uh, Christmas LARP, Christmas filks for Dritzmas. Oh, that's right. Oh, I remember we that. Dritzmas, but that's in March. Yeah. No, Dritzmas is in it? March. It's March 4th. Yeah, yeah. We missed no, no, March 18th. Something. No, we, we, we talked about it. Something not December. There was a gift exchange yes. on the forum. Yes, there was. So tonight we're going to be talking about villains. Yeah. Um, because villains are a key part of a compelling story. For in most cases. I mean you can have inner conflict, of course. Inner conflict always makes a game very meaty. But a good villain can make a story. And it can really engage the players. It makes them mm-hmm. if they especially if they hate the guy and you can develop that or if they're scared of the guy, that's awesome too. And I want to kind of talk about the different kinds of villains there are. And what it is that makes villains scary and compelling. Mm-hmm. So I think first, we should talk about why. What makes villains? What sorts of what kinds of villains there are? And I, I, when I think of this, I always think of it psychologically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there is because no very. I mean, <clears throat> in real life, no one is, thinks of themselves as a villain. Everyone thinks they're justified in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They may have a very skewed perception of reality. They may, uh, that usually because of things in their past. Um, but no one considers themselves to be evil. Right. They justify their actions with some sort of. I mean, even Stalin said, "Well, I'm doing this for the good of." Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and I think, are you saying, starting with? Villains could be a person. Mm-hmm. They could be an organization, mm-hmm. a movement, sure, um, an environmental condition. Right. I mean, so there's <coughs> different from that. That's kind of the man versus nature yeah. thing, which is mm-hmm. I think a little different. But if you look yes. at, look at a show like Walking Dead, yeah, the zombies aren't the villain. The zombies are a force oh, of nature. Absolutely. The villain is it's the It's the thing people. that happened that's the catalyst for the stuff that really happens, kind right. of. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, like, in the current Walking Dead, Negan is the 
is the big bad. Yeah. And Negan is um he's one of those he's one of these people. I mean, is he cuz the first thing I think of is the 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 best villains to me there's there's basically if you're talking about a, a single individual. Mm-hmm. The best villains to me are the person who is uh driven to what they're doing either through grief or pain or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Fucking sociopath or psychopath. Well, yeah, like Negan or the Joker. I mean, right. just batshit. Ha ha. Like, Hey-o. yeah. <laughs> like bonkers. Right. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. he's he's more psychotic. Yeah. He's a sociopath too, but that, that's yeah. the thing about that makes that makes true neutral characters because Joker's pretty much a true neutral. He just. You have no idea. They don't have a motive. They just do shit. Right. Well, and in the case of that, like a psychopath or a sociopath, um, if you give them... Well, I guess you could... I don't know. This could fork in multiple ways. But um, if they're just truly scary and they can... Like, they do stuff that's appalling or something. They don't have to do it every game session. But, like, if they do something at some point that is just gobsmackingly abhorrent Mm -hmm. to your player characters or your players, both, if you're lucky, um, that can make them angry, fearful, motivated. Or, like, you and I were talking about Kingsman before the podcast. Like, you look at Kingsman, the the first one... And even though... Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, Samuel Jackson's character is... I mean, that's it's wrong. What he was doing is wrong. It's like exterminating a huge portion of the, the populace to, you know, help Mother Earth recover, you know, from right. all the horrible things that and were being he had, done. And he had a whole thing that he laid out. Now, yeah. Obviously, that's a very crazy film. Yeah. And, and it's comedic, so it's... There's yeah. It's very over the top. Yes, especially at the end. But yeah. his char- but his character, go- basically goes to all these world leaders and important people yeah. and says, "Look, here's what's happening. Nothing is going to change this. We're going to have to fix this ourselves." Yeah. And this is how I propose we do it. So if you look at a character like that that potentially has motivations, and maybe this one, like you said, is a little more far fetched. There's a little more cartoonishness or outlandishness with what the plan was but you look at a character who has a plan to do something that is wrong but for the right reasons right reasons mm-hmm. like you know that's an ends justifies the means kind of a villain thing. versus a hero is a point of view like and we've said that before yes yes so you can have a villain like that where you just depending on your point of view really who is the villain what is the wrong thing right uh, and and depending how things had panned out in the in 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 Kingsman, if if the the the, uh-huh. the uh, ecological Armageddon actually did come to pass, who was the villain? Yeah, it didn't in the film, obviously. Yeah. But if it had, if it did, hmm? yep, who's the bad yeah, guy there? Exactly. I mean, and that and that makes it makes for a very very interesting stories because then you start getting those. I like I love it when stories lack moral clarity. I do too. When it's like there's the, I'm gonna yeah. do what I think yeah. is right, but it may not end up being the best possible mm-hmm. situation for those who are gonna survive it. Yeah. I want to back up just one bit here, uh-huh. and and I want to actually say, okay, what is it that defines a villain? Because you really brought up an interesting point, mm-hmm. which is man versus nature. You know, 
you could say that nature is your villain, you're, you're combating against it, but, but I think you need to actually say, all right, at some point, a villain needs to have sentience. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think man versus this is man versus man. Right. I think that that's the sort of storylines well, we're talking. You, you about. could have man versus nature if nature, you know, earth elemental or something, mm-hmm. swamp thing or whatever. But it needs to have some sort of sentience. Uh, I wrote down here also. Uh, it needs to have an agenda. Mm-hmm. But that's not always. Even, but not always. Not it always. could just be. But but even not having an agenda is an agenda. I mean, even just the making chaos, wanting to, chaos, wanting to sow chaos, mm-hmm. sure. is, isn't it? Is isn't a gen- And then there's a motivation for for doing what it is that they do. Right. It's not just I woke up one day and wanted to do it. Well, maybe that is. Maybe you're a sociopath and that's what you want to do. But I, but it's still that's a motivation. There needs to be something that drives them. And then the other thing is is sort of the context. I didn't finish writing this all out, but there's there's a, you you need to figure out a place for your villain to make sense. Mm-hmm. How so? Explain. Well, if, yeah. if 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 you're if you're playing in a a gritty detective noir, and Puck from from Midsummer Night's Dream shows up, you need to have a reason for that to make sense, and have a reason for him to be the villain. You better there. have a reason for that to make and sense. You yeah. <laughs> and that's a really yeah. extreme example. But I've seen I've seen like in comic books or stuff where stuff just happens, and then they have to retcon it later to make it to make it make sense. And it seems pretty obvious now, but the, a, a good storytelling, you, you kind of almost start with a villain and work your way out. Sometimes when you're gaming, stuff happens, and later on you're like, i got to flesh this out. Do yourself a favor and make sure that your villains have motivations. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure, absolutely. Because, yeah. Definitely. Because without context and without a motivation, you just have a, a cardboard cutout, a cartoon, a... Man, that's, that's all. These are all glib words. You have a... Hollow. It, it, yeah. It, it, it doesn't... It doesn't resonate. Full of sound and fury and signifies nothing. Well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, a a, a good villain can can be motivated by nothing more than money or power, Mm -hmm. which is real common. I mean, there's a lot of people who do terrible, terrible things to make a lot of money or to gain influence. Sure, and 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 there's perfectly valid reasons too. Sure, and those people will generally that I think I've talked about this before. There's a uh, John Ronson. Is an English author. He's a journalist. He wrote a book called The Psychopath Test. And during the course of that book, he goes out and he interviews yeah. a bunch of people who he believes might be psychopaths. Uh, one of the guys he interviews is, um, oh, what company did he work for? Sunbeam. Oh, Sunbeam. okay. Uh, and he basically, is, this guy's a hatchet man. He gets hired by companies. They bring him in. He downsizes people, mm-hmm. and then once he gets the company in, in in shape where it's profitable again, and the investors are happy, they get rid of him because it's terrible, and <laughs> and, it, and he's horrible for morale. Oh, I'm but, sure. I mean, the, the, yeah. they, but John Ronson went and interviewed this guy, and he asked if he could give him this test, and he failed every question in this in the psychopath test. Now, that, back then, I think the psychopath test was like eighteen questions or something like that. And as I was reading through it, because the, the test was in the in the book, you can see if you have any empathy whatsoever, you can see which questions are going to trip up someone who doesn't understand what empathy is. Yeah. And and to have a character that completely and totally lacks any empathy whatsoever, they're autistic. N- no, no. no. Well, it's a it, that's a wrench. Keep going. It. it to have to have a character that is completely and totally 
without any empathy is a really scary thing. Yeah. It is. Especially if they're in a position of power. Yeah. That's why I've always said true neutral in the original D&D is right. the scariest thing in the right. world. It, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. They have no you empathy. Don't, you, don't, you don't have any sort of moral, <clears throat> moral center. Yeah. See, I, I would kind of argue that those people are evil. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to be, the people who lack any kind of empathy are going to be the ones who are going to be capable of doing the most horrific things. Chaotic evil and lawful evil still have... Now, a a, a morality even, attached to it, but true neutral is absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, so, chaotic good can even be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, it depends fa- on your motivation. Yeah. You know. I that I don't think the D and D. No, I yeah. think yeah. Is no. I, I'm great. speaking in the parlance of gaming. Well, rules, but, yeah, but, because lawful good could be a villain. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Hello, yes. Nazis. Any. any. <laughs> you know? Depending, on yeah, I your mean, point and, of view, and, and their 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 and political situation, mm-hmm. their um, definition of good and evil in D anD D changes, yeah, from edition to edition. Um, but I think the scariest psychopath is the one who's learned how to act like a person with empathy. They've mm-hmm. learned how to. Like Torquemada, approximate empathy. I don't know who that is. Torquemada was the was the Sp- head of the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, maybe I would say almost any politician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well. that, that's because I'm crazy. But, <laughs> 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 but I mean, that, 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 well, there's a there's a thing in the in the psychopath test where I don't remember there was a psych there in the I guess in the 50s and 60s a bunch of psychiatrists psychologists started studying these people and seeing if there was a way to cure them. And they were not able to ever find any way to actually cure these people. And um, one of the scientists that was involved in this research, and I want to say he lived in Canada, mm-hmm. came to the re- realization that the political, stru- the, the political structures that we've set up and our economic structures that we've set up almost guarantees that people with lacking empathy are going to be able to rise higher than people with empathy. Really? Yeah. Yes. And he basically... Wow. Uh, he Cutthroat businessmen. Businessmen have to oh, make yeah. terrible decisions and lay off hundreds of people all the time. I was just watching a show that basically I, referenced that same thing you were talking about, about I couldn't sa- Fortune I could, 500 companies, CEOs being right. like sociopaths. Or, I, could, I couldn't yeah. send a bunch of soldiers off to war to die. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. There's been a, and that we've had presidents who can't do it. Can't also fire, you know, the the whole secretary pool. Just I've fired people. I don't like it. It, it ruins my day. Yeah. It obviously ruins the day of the person who got fired a lot more weeks, weeks and months. Yeah, but it ruins my day too. And and but, but this like this guy that worked for Sunbeam, mm-hmm. he loved firing people. Yeah. It was his favorite thing in the world to do. He came up with crazy, elaborate ways to do it. He would come up with oh little like wordplay jokes. He would do, and then and then after he fu- would go and fire five thousand people at some company, he would then go and brag to his friends. That's like being a serial killer of of that's of what business, of, of, yeah. of livelihood. It's like yes. here's my trophy. Is this he awesome? Chan- he channeled horrible his, story. He channeled his non-empathy into a lucrative job. Ugh. I think I thought you were going to talk about the fact that that's I think gross. it was a profiler. It's a guy that you know tracks down serial killers, and he, there's a test or whatever out there, and. Oh, the parameters, yeah. and he and he took it himself, and he realized he hit 
most of the markers himself. So in order to catch serial oh. killers, you have to think like a oh. serial killer. Was that and the Seattle? I, I don't, I'm, I'm unclear on all of the exact okay, yeah. details. There, the the what was the name of that series? The uh, Silence oh. of the Lambs guy. Yeah. Uh, there was a TV, Hannibal. Not Man. There's a yeah Hannibal. There's a TV okay. series Hannibal. And the the main character who's sort of like the FBI profiler, I think he's FBI, I don't mm-hmm. remember. At one point, one of the psychiatrist psychologists comes up to him and says, you're on that same spectrum. Yeah, you know. Because normal people can't think like that. There's a bunch a of forks in the yeah. road, and if you don't, if you'd taken one of those forks, you'd be on, on that side, not on yeah. our side. Right. So, yeah, there's some truth to that. And, so bring it back to villains. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, which is, That's what I was this, about to do. This is all yeah. Okay, but, go ahead. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna portray a psychopath, you have to you have to get into your head that no one who works for you is worth anything, <laughs> and none of them are worth more than you. So th- all my bosses are psychopaths. Might be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except your current one. Current one's a damn fine, upstanding human being, and thank you for hiring. <laughs> But my my point is these these people uh Simcoe from yes. Turn. Yeah, have we you were seen just Turn? About Turn. Uh, Washington Spies. I, I know about it. I, I actually yeah. I think taped he, it and then our DVR died, but I think he was a captain when this mm-hmm. happened, when he took over the Queen's yep. Rangers. There are mm-hmm. spoilers in this about Turn if you haven't watched it, watched it. But when he goes in to meet because he t- takes over from Robert Rogers. Yes. Yes. Robert yeah. Rogers has been sent back yeah. to sent back to England, and so so Captain Simcoe takes over, and he comes in, and the men are uh, rebellious and argumentative. Certainly not, you know, yeah. proper British soldiers, yep. and they had not been led to be proper British soldiers under Rogers. So he comes in, he's like, I'm, you know, none of this is stated in the show, but I'm going to inflict military discipline right now. And one of the guys mouths off to him, and he takes out a knife or a bayonet, I think it's a bayonet, and he kills him. Yeah. He kills one of his own men. Yep. And then he turns to the rest of them, does anyone else have any complaints? And then he says, stand at attention. And they all get up and they stand at attention, and he never has another problem with them ever since. Yeah. The other thing that he did in the series, which I thought was fascinating, is there's there's one one African American in in the Queen's mm-hmm. uh, the Queen's Rangers. Yep. Akimboda. Akim, Akimboda. Akim, Akim, Akimboda. I can't remember, his name. I can't remember yeah. his name. He goes up to him, and he hands him basically his deed. Yeah. Emancipated. Well, a he he lets him go by his actual name. Yes. Not his. Slave name. Right. Yeah. And then... And then yeah. he hands him his yeah. deed, and he says, okay, you're emancipated. Yeah. I would like you to become my second in command. Yeah. And he look, and and the guy looks at him and says, what's in it for you? Well, at least I'll know there's one guy in this outfit who won't doesn't want me dead. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> now you owe me something. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the things, because I, I don't know if that character specifically was a psychopath, but he used... Whatever currency he needed to use to get people to do what he needed them to do. I would have said in the first three and a half, three and a three quarter seasons that he was absolutely a villain. Yeah. And he was a psychopath, sociopath, 
horrific, like he did horrific things. Absolutely. For it didn't seem like a very good reason, other than it was his job, and he seemed to like it. He did seem to enjoy war an awful lot. But there was an amazing character arc. With you know, that yeah. I think character. a better example of this, yeah. is in Gotham mm-hmm. and the Penguin. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's playing the Penguin, first of all, does an astonishing job. The actor, uh, I you guys all know, is really good. It's really it, it it's 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 up and down. It's a series and stuff. But but the point is, when you first see the Penguin, and there's spoilers, but uh, I'm going to keep it broad. Uh, he's he's just sort of a, a, a minor character. Things happen. He gets put he's in situations. Lackey. He's a lackey. Yeah. He gets put in situations. Uh, things happen. He takes advantage of. He presses. He makes some mistakes, but he also makes some. There's some luck involved. And through time and machinations and being desperate and being willing to do hard things like kill people in front of other people, he's managed to amass a power base. This is not a surprise. He's the freaking penguin, guys. Of course he's going to get a power base. But we get to see him as he does that. He doesn't. He's not necessarily a villain when we first see him, and he f- he's not even really necessarily a villain in the show because very you few of the villains in that show start out as villains. Because you're watching this, and you're like, I completely understand why he's doing what he's doing because he doesn't have much of a choice. He's he's deformed and been picked on, and and he's got and he's, a, a he's, lot of baggage. He's trying to survive too, and he's trying to survive. Right. He's been put in quite literally life and death situations. I don't know, at least once. Right. Every couple episodes, but. The point being, he's not necessarily a villain because he decided, you know, he uh-huh. woke up one day and went, I'm going to become the Penguin and, and rule. It was just the way the Penguin kind of used to be described. We get to see where the, all of that comes from. and where uh, Daredevil with the Kingpin mm-hmm. is another great example of a villain who has a moral idea, an agenda, yeah. and is set to do it. And yeah. he's not necessarily a bad guy, but yeah. he's ruthless in his... Yeah. In his... Um, Techniques and right. his yep. and and and, and it puts him at odds yep. with with yep. the rest of society. The kingpin's got the right idea. He's ha- he has he has an agenda that has, is morally actually very good, but the way he goes about it is clumsy, that's awkward, a, and and not very. That's an ends justifies the means guy. Only he later is. because he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. It he is. says it, it right on. Yeah, yeah, right up. But and, but he's also carrying baggage. And though, and I don't know if I would count those people as psych- as psychopaths or sociopaths. I think that's kind of its own category. But they're good it, villain, villain mining them for villains yes. for a story is really good. But absolutely. yeah, absolutely. That, that's like that's like the category of someone who is like the the true believer. I yeah. think that this yes. is the way society yeah. should be, or this is a, a, a injustice yep. that needs to be undone, or whatever whatever their well, issue is, and they believe in that to the exclusion of the of everything else. And then they get caught up in it. I mean, The Godfather, The Godfather series, yeah. all three of them, is a great example of how you get caught up in this world mm-hmm. and you can't escape it. Right. Uh, well, the Penguins having it happen to him, the Kingpin had it happen to him, and The Godfather is a great example. Go. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just kind of uh, on on that that sort of thought that you have. I, we were talking a bunch about different shows just for fun before the podcast, and I mentioned Spartacus, right? Which you know, say what you will, it's stars. Uh, well, but the, the, the original Spartacus is. That's also yeah, Tony but Curtis. I mean, stars. Tony is Curtis like, always plays a slave boy. It's, what yeah. is that? <laughs> Typecasting? I don't about, know. I'll tell you about the rumors in Hollywood later. Yeah. But I'm yeah. sure he was a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. He anyway. was a hedonist in a time okay. when hedonists. He, he was a he was a hedonist when other hedonists went. Man, that guy's a hedonist. You know, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hedonist doesn't necessarily mean bad. No, just it just means you're bored, have a lot of money, you want to try yeah. anything. Sure. But I was stimulus. I was thinking about the fact that you know, a slave revolt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the normal everyday citizen, was that awesome, or was that a lot of bloodshed and shit going on all around me? And scary. That was scary, right. And disruptive of my day to day existence. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was wrong, but do people fighting for a just cause? In your world or in your game, are are they the villains potentially? And that's what makes it kind of because, like you, I like when there's kind of ambiguity. Sure, it's like really is oh, is that wrong? You could totally make a paladin a villain. You could. I mean, that's yeah. the Spanish Inquisition, the Crusades. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the Vatican. I mean, all yeah. these people have God on their side. Mm-hmm. They, they run into the or if not God, then um, a writ of common wisdom or what, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. a sorcery, the hedge mage. More uh, people uh, died uh, in the Crusades uh, than yeah. But but the, yeah. the point is that people miss. It's only misguided when you look at it in, in hindsight. But people with this, or if you're on a different side of the story, right, 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 and, and that, and they become villains in the stuff. You can easily make paladins villains. I mean, and that's one of the reasons I say paladins aren't always good. Paladins are mm-hmm. being informed by their god and being told to do things and doing things for on a reason. I mean, even priests, same thing. They're, they're they have an agenda. And it, it tends to go at odds with a lot of other people. How are you going to convert them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they don't already believe. You have to come in and, and, and bonk them over the head. You've got to so put, them, they put them on the rack. Put, put them in a place. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of believing uh, yeah. the Lord. Here's the other. Okay, then there's the other mm-hmm. side of this to me. We sort of covered the sociopaths. In the, in the, then there's the sort of the narcissist Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Right, the one that wants to control the world because he just is hungry for power and he knows he can do a really good job, and maybe he can, but he's going about it in a terrible, terrible way, or just you know, it, it's obvious what it is he wants, which is he wants to be God, he wants to be king, right? And the rest of you people are inconsequential to him. It's that narcissist ego. Uh, I can think of you know Doctor Doom, Darth Vader. Although Vader was on a leash a lot, that's almost a political. Well, certainly Palpatine. Yeah, Palpatine for sure, and that's that's another villain. That's that's to me the one that's sort of almost cliche. The sure. the king, you know, Game of Thrones is full of them, mm-hmm. right? And and they're almost the hardest to do because their motivations are clearly on their sleeve. So when you walk mm-hmm. into a room and they say you are beneath me, you immediately know that they're the villain. So how do you make them interesting? That's the tricky thing for me. You can have the evil king. You everybody knows he's evil. How do you in those kinds of situations? Well, I don't know if it, it, they're necessarily evil. They're megalomaniacs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But y- y- you want to make them interesting and give them depth. Show their humanity. That that's what I was going to show, say. Show a human side. I think interesting is when is is whatever invests your players. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you can come up with something fantastical or amazing or, you know, this is the plot I have for this villain or organization or whatever. But it's the thing, like you were just talking about, Stu, it's like what hooks your players. Mm -hmm. And that, what you said is 
one of the things, uh, it, does it make it personal for them? Is there a personal connection? Whether they have a personal connection to the villain or what the villain is doing? Right. Is it, yeah. Wait, megalomaniacs are tricky because uh, on the surface they seem like, you know, they're, they're wearing their motivations on their sleeve. I mean, but, but, but it takes a book like, or a story like Game of Thrones to, to understand what the Lannisters are all about. Mm-hmm. Right? Because on the surface, they're just a bunch of narcissistic dicks. But, but they we also realize that they're all killing each other inside, and they have to do this because if they show weakness, the rest of their family's going to kill them and off them. And oh yeah, and, and this is the, their bread. They have to do this, but that's not obvious to the people looking, you sure. know, that are having their heads about ready to get cut off. Do you need to then, even if you have kind of an idea of something to throw out there as a plot hook, or you know, I don't know. Uh, even before you kind of understand who or what the villain is, it seems like you need to know who your players are. Yeah. And and meaning not, I'm sorry, not players, characters, and what motivates those people mm-hmm. and what drives those people. Because it would seem that, like, if you had a bunch of very law-abiding, I don't know, n- not even the same. Like, depending, because the, part, the party makeup can be different. Where And that's really interesting, and I know you love that. Oh, yeah. When you have people in the party that are like, hell no, that's wrong. And other people are like, well, wait a second. Is that really wrong? Or what degree of wrong is that? So maybe you need to understand that before you completely color motivation. Oh, sure. Or yeah, I mean, I mean, you can have your villain, but the, his backstory or her backstory, yeah. you probably should leave that. Until you have a grasp of what what your characters are, but I mean, I, I think it would be a GM's triumph to have a, like a megalomaniac who's destined to take over the kingdom, and clearly says so. Right, but like, all I really want to do is to own all you people. But he's also a really good dad. Yeah, and he obviously loves his kids. And he, he he goes out into the you know when 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 his his army conquers a city he goes out into the into the t- into the thing and all the people are waving ah. and he goes and he picks up children and plays with them and gives them presents and he just he like he's trying he's winning hearts and minds and the current leadership is maybe somewhat dubious right and maybe they hired you right because they're but you're like so you get oh. the player's character yeah to me that the, the triumph part of this would be when you get the player characters into a situation where they realize. Okay, we're now in a position where we can take this guy out, but should we? And or maybe not even maybe maybe that that answer is clear cut. Maybe no, yeah, we have to take this guy out, but we're kind of murdering someone who's not just evil. This is like a real person. It's like not just he's not just a political enemy of our of the guy who hired us. He's also a great family man. And a wonderful violinist. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, tremendous singing voice. That's the kind of the, that's kind of the takeaway. Is that I think you're doing if you, as a GM you're doing your, your you and your game a disservice if you're just making a, a megalomaniac uh, cartoon villain. Yeah, Doctor you, you Doctor Doom has had lots and lots of nuances and changed, and, yeah. and his motivations have changed all the time. And I use Doctor Doom a lot only because he's changed a lot, and he's a great looking guy in armor, but. <laughs> Yes, it's just it's awesome, but you are doing your you and your game a disservice if you if you're if your villain lacks an agenda and motivation and and if you don't humanize them in some way they have to have a weakness they ha- or like, they have to a have something side. that yeah well that'd be well, weakness that's what uh, Jib yeah. said something in the chat room about like 
if you make them somebody your your characters actually like mm-hmm. like what if it's somebody they like or it was a figure like you said what if there is this popular figure that everybody knows and likes and somehow this is the person who's behind all this and, right and, and, like, and they've learned to really trust and yeah with uh, with our with our earlier examples with Kingpin he he has a he has a softness for his wife mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Doom actually did as well same motivations uh, what was the other one I brought up um, it was uh, uh, it doesn't matter, but they all—they all when you when you spend time with them have a motive. And here's the thing: you don't have to tell your players that, but it's the kind of thing that if they if they study him, follow him, whatever, they can discover. It sure makes a more and more interesting story if they find that stuff out. Yes, it does. But it also gives you a GM a much bigger investment in your villain and gives them motivation. That's of the three things I wrote down. Um, sentience, agenda, and motivation. Right. Um, the agenda is easy. They just yeah. th- they just want to you know take do, over something. or just invade the next town. They do yeah. a right. thing. You know, they want to make a lot of money. But they, the motivation is right. the hard part. What is, it, what is it that drives this guy <coughs> and that's to not, spend all that time and energy to do that And that's not necessarily their ends. No. Mm-hmm. In the ends justify the means thing, that's not, their motivation is not necessarily their ends. Their agenda. The ends, no, their ends is what is driving them mm-hmm. psychologically to have picked that as their end. That's what, what I'm that's yeah. what I'm saying is motivation, right. though. Yep. But right. we, we won't be parsing words because I just pulled them out of a hat, but I... I, I, yes, I agree with that because you, you, there has to be a reason that your villain is spending all this time and energy and money to to accomplish that thing. Especially if they're rich. If they're rich, they could just go and live on a right. lake right. in a boat. Why wouldn't you? And have a wonderful time. Sure. And a lot mm-hmm. of people will just do that. Yeah. Other people decide they need to get power to change the world. I mean, look at look at, uh, at Bill Gates. And I'm not saying Bill Gates is a villain. No. But Bill Gates retired with an enormous amount of money and has decided to spend his time fighting malaria in third world nations and making sure that people who don't have clean water get clean water. He could just as easily sit there and do nothing mm-hmm. and just count his money and play video yeah. games. That's pretty much what I would do. <laughs> right. I would do I would I would be Wozniak. That's exactly what I would do. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't think oh, Wozniak no. has quite as much money as Bill Gates. He has enough. He got kind of forced out uh, Apple, though. Still has enough. I'm sure he's got... And he's playing video games. And he probably didn't sell his stock. He still has enough. (laughs) How much can one guy spend? The the other kind of villain I want to talk about is the sort of tragic villain. Yeah. The guy who has been driven to do something either out of revenge over some terrible wrong... Or has snapped and lost control Mm -hmm. of reality. Or been manipulated into it. Or been manipulated into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Those kinds of villains. The kind of villain where when the party finally gets the guy and realizes what's going on, they, they go, I just want to save my family. Shit. Yeah. And, and pulls off his helmet and he's like, oh, I'm disfigured and I'm your father. And I'm really <laughs> nice. I'm Peter Mayhew. And it's and not, not my fault. Not Peter Mayhew is chewy. Oh, yeah. Who was uh, David Prowse? But, David Prowse. But it wasn't actually Sorry. him that played it. Actually, it wasn't actually he him that the played voice. it. Yeah. yeah. Or the, it wasn't, yeah. No, James Earl Jones. The guy who was in the costume, was, he, never, he never got yeah. seen anywhere. No, and he was never even. Oh, yeah, because the face guy was a were, different guy. The, there was yeah. Anakin. And there was Anakin. It's yeah. So, it's the so awful. There's like the, five people that play Vader, and it's just awful. Oh, it's six, if you count the stunt. It's just but, awful. But, it's, you can't even keep track. But you know what? It was what a great villain. 
Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I was Darth and Vader for a, Halloween. And he is a he is a tragic he is a tragic villain. Come to find out, but when you mm-hmm. first saw him, spoilers. Right. I didn't freaking <laughs> care. In fact, I didn't want him to be a tragic villain. I just wanted to be this. Dark, yeah. badass, badass <laughs> force of nature. Right, right. And and when I first saw him, he was the avenging angel, who oh, yeah. obviously was working for somebody. You, you pretty mm-hmm. much know that because he's he's there looking for something. Where are the plans? Yeah. Right. So force you know joke. he's working for someone. He's yeah. just this, but he's as scary as hell. Mm-hmm. And you've oh. never seen. Oh, well, we've talked about this before, which is you know you you take out one big bad and there's another one beyond, and there's someone who's pulling the strings, right? But but I didn't care because as a kid, he was the most ominous, coolest, badass I've ever seen. And, you know, when you're a 15 year old boy, it's you're full scary. of anger and. And and, and, and people keep criticizing your acting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you just brought up something, though, Assault Florist, uh, which. Awesome handle? John Smallberries. Uh oh, was there a thing? Smallberries. Oh, Smallberries? <laughs> Smallberries? Why me, John Big Bootay? <laughs> <laughs> but what about the, like you said, that if there are people they encounter who feel like they're following for, a, they have the right motivation, but it's really somebody you can't see, that you don't know, that you know there's somebody pulling strings behind the scene, yeah, but manipulating people. Right. Yeah, you run into in Goebbels, and Goebbels is bad enough. And yeah. then you realize that Hitler was actually in charge of that. Yes. Yeah, right. That, there's all of that too. And even Hitler wasn't yeah. even necessarily as bad as Goebbels was. Uh, and, right. And, and therein lies kind of the, the fun, which is like you know, like I, I just told him what to do. I mean, I mean, Iron Man three, which is a yeah. terrible movie. You know, you, you he comes to confront the big villain, and it turns out he's just this helpless little old man. It's the it's the it's the Wizard of Oz all over again. Right. Uh, Great Worm brings up Doctor Freeze. Okay. Oh. Yep. Again with the yeah. wife. Again with the wifing stuff. And uh, someone yeah. else brought brought another one up. Mister Freeze, but what was Smallberries? Um, John Smallberries is from uh, um, I forgot the name. Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Yes. Oh. Remember the full John. title? John Yaya. John Smallberries. John Big Booty. John Smallberries. You've never seen Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. I know. Oh my god, it's the best movie tear, ever. Tear my geek stripe it, it, off. It's overrated. Okay. It's fantastic. It really is because Buckaroo Banzai is. I've. He's the. He's the. He is the ultimate Mary Sue character. Yeah. He's in a. He's in a famous rock really? band. Yeah. He's a neurosurgeon. He's a physicist who's trying to trying to create dimension breaking machines. Oh, seriously? And he, it's, he's a polymath is what he is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. He's a total polymath and he And they totally embrace it. Yeah. They totally embrace the fact that he is and he has this ma- massive fan club of people who will do anything for him. He's too. amazing. That's he's too. the first thing that's ever he, he's made. He's in charge me of a band of a, of a band he he, he, yeah. he redefines everything he's been in. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's He's a polymath. That's pretty awesome. It, it, it's it's a fantastic movie. It is. A, it's so not. Funny. It's awful. It's, I'm on John, record as saying awful, I never liked it. I never really. John got it. Lithgow is in it. John Lithgow is great John in it. Lithgow, yeah. Laugh while you can, monkey boy. Laugh while you can, the monkey boy. Yeah. It's really actually, and I hate to say this, what brought John Lithgow actually. that and uh, Garp. Oh, Garp. The world according to Garp brought mm-hmm. Lithgow into like public consciousness. Okay. But, yeah. But because it, yeah, it's like John Lithgow does big over the topping acting, yes, right. acting. Anyway, he's very jowly villains, things. villains. So it, yeah, 
tragic villains. Yeah. What? What? How, how do you portray? I mean, obviously the arc, in most cases, for when you're having the characters confront a tragic villain, is to hold off on the tragedy part. Yes. And just show the villainy part. Uh huh. Until a certain key uh-huh. moment around the time when they're going to confront him, when they find out, no, this person has been horribly wronged or has been horribly manipulated mm-hmm. or you know, something. They're, they're, and you want to put the player players in a position where they wonder, okay, if I had been the person who, got, who went through that, would I have dealt with it any better? You know, you give them that insight mm-hmm. and that, I think that gives them again the reluctance to just off the villain summarily because was it Kimmy that had the game with the goblins that, that was were, me oh, that was you yeah okay. no because so I was thinking about let's that tell that too. story again yeah the it's characters pertinent. Uh, there was uh, go- goblins who were attacking a village or had destroyed a village I think they destroyed a village and so the party uh, went out and found where they had been hiding out. And they slaughtered all of them except one. And the one said that their families were being held, I think, by demons or something. Mm-hmm. Their family, they're basically, the, the, the women... were being held by a MacGuffin. The women folk, <laughs> and, the women folk and the children yep. were being held uh, ransom, and we have to follow their orders or they'll slaughter our families. Yeah. The party then murdered this one as well. <laughs> oh, they did? Because they were fucking I murder hobos. I don't yes. even know if I remember that. I remember the it first ne- part of that story. This is before <gasps> we did actual plays. T- Tyler was in that game, and Tyler is tends to... I don't know if it was Tyler. I think it was Kimmy's character who offed him. I think Kimmy's character is the one that stuck him with a sword to all kill right, him. All right. I shutted my job physically because I couldn't even... I was like... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, Ooh. and so the part, and, and then the party's. That's that's the, the very famous line that Bruce said was like, "Are we sure we're not the bad guys?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's where all the memes from. Uh, was it uh, uh, Little Britain with the whole? Are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? <laughs> Everybody, go look up. Just type in Google. Are we the baddies? Awesome. And and there's this wonderful sketch about uh, Nazis and. The, are we the, I'm with the baddies, and it really is sums up this moral conundrum that we're yeah. talking about right now. No, I, I love that idea because I, for some reason, my my head keeps thinking about things like being on. It depends on what side of history you're on, or what sure. side you look at. Folk heroes like Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. and you know that that maybe a movement like that begins to. It's clearly not the right thing, but for some reason. Gains momentum and right. public support. I, I, I just um, recently watched um, Natural Born Killers for the first time, yeah. which is totally a Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, story. absolutely! It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all it is. Yeah, and 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 that, they're, they're not any sort of intricate, complicated villains, and they're they're not even that smart, and they're not even that interesting. No, they're just broken but, toys. Yeah. But the the movie is really about. Media. The public's reaction yeah. to it. Yeah. Well, when they came out too, there were all these smash cuts and the way the the way the they, yeah. they, would, they would do all of this sort of black and white stuff. It was very frenetic. It was very it's it's passe now. And you're watching it. Yeah. I was like, what was the big deal? But at the time, the way that film was edited, it was real frenetic, and you were like on the edge of your seat. It was right. like the first time we'd seen that. Well, and there's somebody. There's a a couple besides Bonnie and Clyde that were. Well, real, there's been lots like, of them. Yeah, like teenagers that were on a. 
murder spree. Go watch California with a K. Oh yeah, with Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah. if you want to see a creepy, and confidence Juliet man, Lewis. and he's very much he's got that Charles Manson uh, uh, charisma that yep. just convinces people that everything's okay, and he's actually a creepy murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, it again, you know, we we, we kind of learn his motivations are. Poor white trash, whatever he could do to, to live to survive. What's the catch me if you can? Um, with, yeah, with, DiCaprio? Uh, again, right. That, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the check kiting scam. Right, yeah. right, right. Where he's born. Not, not check kiting, but it, it's, it's yeah. uh, trying to please. He was a grifter. Grafter. He's a grifter. He's trying yeah. to please his dad, yeah. but he was he was born with, you know, they yeah. didn't have a lot of money. Counterfeiter. He was a counterfeiter. He counterfeiter. was making, he was printing fake checks. Really smart, though, but more yeah. than a counterfeiter. I mean, he was. He well, you could impersonate people. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, yeah, crazy. Right? And, and, yeah. and, the way that movie is shot and and the way it's set up is he's not necessarily a villain. He's sort of kind of almost a Robin Hood kind of character. Yeah. But well, he's not giving tr- the money away. Truly, <laughs> truly, he's a villain. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's stealing and he's and just a confidence putting people's man. lives in jeopardy. Right. Well, he's not actually flying planes. I don't know if he ever actually put people's lives in jeopardy. He was just stealing a shit ton of money from airlines. Well, and didn't he? Wasn't well, he, he posing as a doctor as a, for a while? Yeah, he posed as a doctor. Oh, he posed as yeah, a, yeah. a he pilot. He posed as a surgeon for a while. Well, I know yeah. he posed as a pilot, yeah. but I don't think no, he ever actually flew planes. Yeah, he I did. Thought, yeah. At one I, point, no, they're like, "Why don't you come yeah. and take it?" And he's like, when he was, I, "Wasn't I, he like seventeen I, when yeah. he started yeah. this stuff?" Oh, he was a kid. He was a kid. Or think about in Cyberpunk. Uh, those types of settings, like there's uh, in the sprawl, there's a playbook that can, you can choose called the pusher, which is sort of a person that has an agenda mm-hmm. or a message to deliver, right. and that that person in any given setting could look, you know, evangelical and like there's a lot of support, but you know, are they really right? You know. Like you said, behind this the scenes, up, what's the motivation? This brings up a really interesting thing, which I, I, I kind of thought about earlier, but I'm going to bring it back by the now, which is sort of the, there's a, there's a middle ground. Uh, we brought up Robin Hood, right? But but there's sort of this charismatic rogue mm-hmm. who, who uh, uh, the, the, the pirate, uh, the... the um, Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow, or Robin Hood, who's charismatic and all dashing and such... But really, depending on what, how you look at it, I mean, even Luke Skywalker was with the rebellion. He was going against the establishment. Um, yeah, it's it's these people that are de- are are by definition villains. They're fighting against yep. an establishment. And yet we can label them as heroes, maybe because they win. Well, Robin Hood doesn't necessarily win, but s- sometimes we make the establishment the villain. Sometimes we don't make them the villain. Exactly. In stories. Yep. And maybe that's a way that your villain can be the hero because in his world, Robin Hood is the hero of his story, and he's fighting against All this right. dictatorship. Well, look right? at look at and eco, your look players at come in as as policemen. Exactly. And look at look Elf. at look at, look at Bre- yeah. Greenpeace, yeah. Uh, PETA. All these people who go out and do things and destroy property or do all the whatever whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, they're not doing it because they're they're they're. They just want to fuck things up. They have they have an agenda that they believe. It's back to that true believer thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That 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 this is more important than anything else. How funny would it be if you if you are hired by the local establishment, the sheriff? There's ban- bandits yep. that are in the woods, and you go out, and basically after a while, your players go, 
holy shit, it's Robin Hood. He's a ranger. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of other rangers out there, yeah. and, they're, and they're stopping trade from this town, yeah. and they put it under siege. And you're like... But they're actually giving oh. money to... But they're actually, right. yeah, they're actually yeah. turning yeah. the money Feeding over to... For and, 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 yeah. and, and as, as yep. ambiguous as that moral agenda is, how funny would your players get suddenly confronted with a legend of Robin Hood, and now they have to, like... Well, the sheriff hired us. Well, we do have so skulls on our uniforms. That were the baddies. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> Are we the baddies? It's a wonderful, wonderful thing right there. All right. End it with that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's pretty awesome. Email helping teenagers okay. play better. Brandon from Ontario, the one in Canada. Hi, Stu, and the generate group name. Generated group name. Oh, he's got the brackets around it. Okay. I'm gonna take my mic off here while you while you turn me off so I can get a beer. Do you want this beer? I'm still oh no, you no, didn't no. like that. I'm okay. Do you need a uh, I could use a second one. I'll back you up. Uh first of all, generate praise. I love that. Gotcha. That's fantastic. Did you just fuck up my mic? No, I think it's okay. I think it's uh, okay. Yeah. It's good. There's all sorts of awesomeness. I have a question for the team. I teach high school, I'm sorry, and had several students ask whether I could start a role-playing game club. <coughs> I started a role-playing game club, and what was her name? Mrs. Doofenberg. No, <gasps> no Mrs. Doofenberg. Oh, that's how Yeah, Mrs. Doofenberg. She was a math teacher. Oh, she was so pretty. It's she was? Oh, yeah. She was. I had, yeah. All I can think of is Doofenberg. Every... Every boy in her class had a crush on her. Um, <laughs> Did I write the mic? Can you hear me? You're fine. Okay, good. Cool. Uh, I made it better. I just it hooked it. Just there. Okay, now it's not yeah. working. Okay, it's working fine now. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, they asked me whether I could start a uh, gaming club. I agreed, and I finally got it off the ground this fall. We meet every Friday. After school in my classroom for two hours and play D&D 5th edition, I'm running a game for about six new and very enthusiastic players aged 14 to 17. Did I mention I've never actually played a role-playing game before? Nope. Nope. That <laughs> somehow managed to miss that. Part. I think that's kind awesome. Important. Or not. I've read the books, but I have zero practical experience. Your actual plays have been fairly helpful for understanding how the game should be run. Anyway... I'm running into a problem I'm not sure how to solve. Mm. Like me, these students are entirely new to role-playing, not just D&D. When they decide to have their characters take an action within the game, they they are telling a story, but I think they're overstepping and getting into GM territory. Let me know what you think. For example, a player might decide to have their character attack an NPC guard. These are teenagers. It happens frequently. Yeah. Um, they don't just say, I attack him or slash him with my scimitar. Instead, they might say, I slash him with my scimitar and he falls to the ground, <laughs> knocking over the other guard and I leap over them into the building. I is writing a short story. Yes, that is, <laughs> that, that is over, over, overextended. Another player will then interject with a different possible course of action. You know, different violence. <laughs> And they, you know what? That's a t-shirt was, right there. You know, different brilliant. violence. Yeah, I love And they that. want to banter a bit about the coolest way the story could play out. They want to explain why they'll what they'll what find, they'll find yeah. inside the building, how the how the uh, mayor will actually is actually evil and so on. They finally decide what happens and then I feel kind of bad about telling them they have to roll for initiative. That's my dog chewing on my, oh my doorway. 
I thought it was Michael Myers. I've talked to the group several times about how they can make decisions for their characters, but not for the NPCs and not for the world. I often have to say, you can try to do that, roll a d20 and let's see what happens, or after you open the door, I'll tell you what's behind it. And am I approaching this correctly? Do I, do I keep reminding them that they get to decide their actions, but not the results of their actions? Do, do you have any suggestions for what I can say that will make that, that will be palatable to young ears mm. and minds? Thanks mm. for your help, Brandon, Ontario, the Canadian one. P.S. My goals for the group are in this are in order. Are everyone has fun, including me. Everyone develops healthy friendships. Mm. Everyone becomes a good player over time. Nice. Enjoy a drink. I th- I the first thing I thought was maybe they should be playing a more hippie game, Gina. <laughs> Somebody in the in the uh, chat room said that as well. But at the end of the day, you there are still outcomes that need to. You still have a randomizer. Yeah, when the right. when the narration in the fiction triggers a move, you need to roll dice. Right. I I think it there was a little there was a line in there that made me sad because I was like oh it's like life. They really want to have more control than they have. Yeah, yeah. So it, is. it was like, guess what? You only have control over yourself, mm-hmm. and I then you think have you, to. I think you just nailed it, and you gave the solution right there. This is. I mean, these are teenagers who have them? no control. Of, no, 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 no. <laughs> that that you have break to remind them, them, them. Remind them that even in this game, life still happens, and you still yeah. don't have control. And here's the thing, though: you can have amazing outcomes. By using this randomizer that we have, but you can't tell me what happens. Yeah, that's not life. That's not this game. What's fun about this game is we have a lot more control and a lot more interesting things can happen mm-hmm. than we have over our own life because we can actually say, "I'm going to do this now," as opposed to in real life, which is you never know what's going to come. I uh, go ahead and follow up your your thought because I completely derailed you. I'm sorry. No, you you didn't. I just was thinking, oh, this is so sad. It's like life, and they have these new little brains, and they they their lizard brains once want to talk about how all the things should be, and they haven't yet, even though they're 14, 15 years old, and they really can't do anything they want. Uh, they haven't yet been, you know, beat told up. that they can't. Yeah, yeah. Or just no, really, or you just can be all down. that you yeah. want to be. Yeah. You can. It can happen. But um, I don't know. And I I feel like he's trying and he's doing it in a pretty gentle and gentlemanly fashion where he's like... He's a good teacher. That sounds... Yeah, exactly. He sounds like he's an amazing teacher. Yeah. Um, That sounds amazing. Let's see. You can... Let's have you try that and let's see what happens. But I'm wondering if... I don't know if he needs to be a little well, more pointed I mean, with that. I, I, just, I just thought of something while I was peeing. Yeah. All great inspirations come from it that. It does. I swear. Yeah. We play role-playing games because our lives are generally reasonably mundane. <laughs> and when we, pu- when we yeah. take on the persona of a character in a role-playing game, we get to play someone who is usually in no way mundane. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, maybe they're tragic. Maybe they're super heroic. Maybe they have incredible powers, or they're very strong, or they're very handsome, or they're very, very personable, or whatever. The, whatever the thing is, our but characters definitely not us. Our characters are idealizations of people. Yeah, right. They're not. I mean, they do have flaws, of course, 
but but they, and they also they go out and they do things that we would never go do. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to go break into someone's house yeah. and then burn it down to cover my Ta- tracks. Talk your way past a guard no. or have a yeah, it, even swashbuckling is, duel. It's even something yeah. as simple as talking your way past a guard. Yeah. No, no, no yeah. I don't know anyone who has the balls to try to do that, right? But our characters yeah. do it all the freaking time. Uh-huh. I, I'm not a couple. Okay, there, there are some out there. But, but most of us know. In real life, but just imagine. Step back to the point where you were under eighteen and you were a minor, Mm -hmm. and you have even less control over your life. You have to go to school. You have to do your homework. You have to do this. You have to do that. You You have have to stop the. You have zero control over what you do. Yeah. I totally understand why they're taking role playing games to an extreme. Mm-hmm. In that situation, I completely understand it. I remember being that kid going, uh-huh. why, I'm smart. I know what what's what. Why do I have to do what I'm told? Why can't I just do what I want? You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that's why they're taking... The the what we would consider you know the what the the, the limits of what we yep. we we think of for they want to tell the games. fantastical story they, right they they want yeah they they we're creating an an idealized version of life or a fantasized version of life they have even less well, control than we have so they're creating an even larger fantasy well and now maybe I the suggestion or the the reason this is a little bit maybe maybe different way to phrase what I was saying earlier, and maybe the reason that they're not getting it, what he's trying to kind of suggest, is because they're not playing with a 14-year-old GM. Because what is a 14-year-old GM? You guys no, were there. No, that's not the way the no. rules work. Yeah. <laughs> fireball, fireball. You're dead. You don't get to roll. Right. Yeah. Unless unless he gets caught up in the story. Yes. Yeah. And, and, then, and then what do you do then? And then, yeah. Yeah. But those are yeah, those GMs are rare. Here's, no, here's the other thing yeah. that, that I think he's contending with as well, which is this is a video game generation, oh. right? And so these guys are playing. I'm going to say uh, uh, Call of Duty, right? And they're they're getting all the satisfaction of role playing and, and a story and all of that stuff too. But the problem they're not having, which is telling their own story and having resolving their own outcomes. There's a point in video games where you have to overcome a certain obstacle to move on. Right. So it's yeah. not in all video games. But, well, yeah. but the other the other thing is there's a lot of math going on in that computer yes. program that is the, the role playing game yes. that is out on the table in a role playing. But game. what they may see is this is a chance to do a video game where I can dictate the outcome as opposed to having to kill all even of in those and games, get to the next level. Even in those games, they don't have full control. They Very few of them are sandboxing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's the point. You get the illusion of control, but yeah. you don't really. And with the with an RPG, this is what they're doing is just freeing themselves. So now that we've established the fact that they are they're they're like oh my god this is awesome how do we get them to well the play other the video game the, again? The, and I, there, I think there's another thing here yeah because kids and make believe kids mm-hmm. invented make believe mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how often did make believe have t-shirt rule? how often did make believe <laughs> have rules right let's pretend let's pretend oh yeah, yeah. okay. The only rules was the consensus. Yeah, it was. There was. It was a consensus. The, the, the kids arguing back and forth Until about. Until they had a consensus. No, I'm going to be a princess. Okay, you can be a princess. <laughs> or let's pretend. Let's pretend that magic magic only works with. Okay, okay, okay. And then they right. would bargain. They would bargain it out, and now right. all of a sudden the rules are set. And but now yeah. now they're playing a game with rules. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that I. Oops. 
in a, because I mean, kids are the closest to the idealized make believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. We're far from it. Yeah, yeah. We need rules. Well, we're so used to them. We're, well, yeah, grognards <laughs> yeah. are, but 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 generally speaking, adults don't play make believe. No, mm-hmm. unless they have rules, because. For whatever reason, we've decided we need them. Uh huh. I don't know why. Because we get judged if we don't. But the kids don't, and they haven't yet. They never in in the past. Whenever they've played make believe, they've never needed them. Mm-hmm. But now suddenly they're there. Yeah. What about playing fast and loose with the rules? Yeah. And saying I'm going to hit the guard and uh-huh. no- knock him over into the other guard. Okay. Go ahead and make a roll, rather than worrying about hit points because. Or, okay, that's like three different skill tests. Right. Versus, yeah, let's see if... Go ahead and roll, uh-huh. see if you do it. I'm going to ask and you... And if you, if you roll a hit, I'll, yeah, the guards are sh- crappy guards. I'm going to ask you, because uh, you've, you've played a couple of sessions and games at the cons with four kids, mm-hmm. with kids, and yes. what system did you decide on? Uh, well, that these were little kids. It uh, doesn't matter. And we, were, we played uh, oh, hero kids. I think maybe D and D might be too crunchy, and no. maybe they need something more open ended. I, I, it kills me to say this, but I'm wondering about a Powered by the Apocalypse game or something <laughs> like that to start well, with. Somebody even was saying Amber Diceless or something like that. Yeah, something a little rules lighter, right? Um, where you, where, where even the, the character sheet isn't as the players yeah. get narrative control yeah, when they more, when they yeah. roll well. Because again, yeah. Apocalypse World, there's an illusion of, but there, it really isn't that. Well, there's just there's more aid, there's more ability for the player to narrate what's right. what's happening, which is until what they're wanting to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I would either say go with something like that, or just you know say you know what for now they're just starting. Yeah, we're just going to have a fun time. Well, and I wonder if we're going to kind of use the rules, but we're not going to use. I wonder. Them. It sounds like because the ages were something like between fourteen, 14 and to seventeen, 17, yeah. so we're talking ninth grader, grade nine to something. Yeah, to seniors. Nine, nine to nine to eleven. Yeah, twelfth. Yeah, I I wonder if you can talk about the mechanics as like not an arb- arbiter, but like a, a, another. Storytelling element. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Okay, is that I, you're trying to tell your story? I have ideas about my story. This is a randomizer. Yeah, I was thinking you could go the opposite direction mm-hmm. as opposed to going really open ended and go really, really to a game that covers all of eventualities. If you want to shoot somebody with a, with a rifle, we have a chart for that. If you want to hit somebody with a bolt of magic, I don't we have would, a chart for I that. would go with groups. I am not certain. <laughs> I'd say GURPS light is what I would say because if they say if they say uh, I have a gun, all right, here's your chart for the gun. All of these things, all of these, and the kids might go, ooh, because here's here's right. the thing. They're looking at ranges, and it might actually it could it could rein them in because now they're looking at a, a, a set of guidelines for their weapon. That's interesting for the things that they could do. I, well, I, I'm not saying it, it, it's the perfect solution, but it isn't. Idea. Two things. Yeah. One, I was thinking, bring. Make sure you're using a battle map. Mm-hmm. Oh, show the the, the tactical level game that D and D combat is, mm-hmm. and say, okay, this is the battle map. If you want to attack that guy, you can attack that guy. But what he decides to do after that is up to him if he's still alive. Right. And he has X number of hit points, and this is how much damage you do. And, and you know, 
show the tactical and part of that game. And they're video games, so they'll understand. They're like, oh, right. this is an aerial view. Yeah, we get this. The other thing that Sergito Sir is kind of yeah. agreeing with me to basically strip D&D down and just kind of ignore some of the rules and just use some of them and introduce more later. But he also brought up, which was in the back yep. of my head, there's a game called Dungeon-esque. Oh, yes. Oh, sure, yeah. There's two, actually two. There's yeah. a red box and there's a yeah. white box version of D&D 5th Edition. Nice. I own the white box version of it. And it came in a white box, and it has the little yeah. digest-sized books it's in it. It's just like it. Yep. And it, it is a, just a more scaled-down version of the game, and that may be something you want to look that's at. That's a really good idea. But Thanks, Sergio. If you're, it, but, if you are, but he also brings up things. He's already bought the D&D books. Play D&D. Do, yeah. what, do it. what I did when I first started playing GURPS. Use the rules that the table will allow you to use, or in this case, the rules that I bothered to read. <laughs> Yeah. And then as time goes on, introduce. introduce more stuff. Yeah. So maybe maybe when the game starts out, when they hit, it, the guy bad guy just goes down. Yeah. Start that yeah. way, and then have them fight a tough guy. And say, oh look, yeah. oh this is the captain of the guard. Yeah. He looks burly and tough, and he's got you know, well, eighteen hit points. Tomes, who's run a lot of games for kids, says D and D is not inappropriate. Like he said. Right. Uh, D&D is pretty good for that age. They like rules and stuff and reading and doing weirdo maths. Sure. Oh, yeah. I um, loved, I mean, that's when I started playing was, in, yeah. was junior high school. Was when and I then started. he talks about the world of dungeons, uh, which he said is the best version of basic D&D OSR that he's ever seen. And he said it's like oh, really? a two-page rule set. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's one I looked at years ago. I don't remember the exact name. It's like Spotlight or Lighthouse or... Anyway, it was basically a a stripped down version of the original or AD and D second edition. No, AD and D rules. I think you're on to something, which is keeping your kids, keeping the kids engaged. Yes, ending, but at some point you need to start introducing a couple of rules and stuff. You know, let them exhaust themselves with the possibilities. Play a session yeah. where it's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and roll. Yeah, I got a fourteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you hit the guard and you knock the other guard over and he can sneak by. Mm-hmm. And then the next stage, okay, well, I want to introduce hit points. Yeah. Here's how hit yeah. points work. Exactly. And maybe just do it a little bit at a time. He, sa- he sounds like he's doing Look, an amazing job. Yeah. Teach them to have fun the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Crush their dreams slowly. You're a teacher. You know how to do that. It's, no. it's so awful that... Teachers are awesome. They are. I, 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 yeah. Seven hours of superheroic shenanigans for Clockwork Monk. Who wouldn't read this or you want to split it? Oh, last Gina can do it. Last oh, okay. Sure. Oh, I, I just wanted to say that you had uh, Raw Rules is written, and I, I think uh, River is, is a new one there. Uh, rules I bothered to read. Oh, so. did we want to do one tiny this? Ripter? The, the Bloxy. Bloxy. Oh, what, what is that? Uh, who played what oh, this, go ahead. this week? Go ahead. Did you get to play a thing this week? No, Gina, you play all the things. None of us have any time to play anything because you're playing them all. I know. I suck all the RPG air <laughs> out of the room. I walk in, they all mine. No, I have not gotten to play I, I very was, much at all. I was all playing lately. the game of life. I've been really, no, me really too. busy. So, uh, thank you, Nick, for being sick. Yay! Oh, that's right. You got to play Ridge again. Raise a Ridge again. And I saw a couple, yeah. I was. I actually. I actually helped out. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did. And then help I went to bed. Oh, okay. Did Jesse use him? I think so. Was there a battle that that happened? No, not that battle. I almost hesitated to read. I was like, okay, this is Peanut Gal- Gallery uh, suggesting, but it was like, help a player for paid, Jesse because there's the gonna points. be yeah. there's gonna be a fight. Yep. So she you might want to fight. 
Um, She's the bone gnawer. Yeah. No, but it, it, I had, that's the second time I got to play that game. Right. Same on the PC, right? Yeah, same. It's a PC. Well, it's an, for those of you yeah, new to the an, show, uh, one of our APs is Razor Ridge, being mm-hmm. run by uh, my Mac. It's mm-hmm. a uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Were- I almost uh, said Ace. The Wild West. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, Werewolf the Wild West, and yeah. and we, uh, occasionally when there's players missing, yeah, GD gets to fill in. Yeah, I got to fill in twice, and I Mac uh, because the it was when uh, someone was ill, so Mac had the character, but it is. Not unlike L5R when you intended to just like play, you know, a couple sessions here, some pre gens, and people made those characters their own. Mm -hmm. It was kind of awesome to pick up a character that I really, I had no No input in, but it became my character. Like Steven, who plays in that game, was saying afterwards because he was like, oh my God, I love your character. And I was like, oh. It's Max's character, but he's like, no, it's your character. And I was like, it is my character. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, the L5R game, I knocked out like four four characters. Yeah. And I just set them on the table and said, yeah. you guys pick a pre-gen. They made them the characters. Yep. All I gave them was yep. numbers. Yep. Because all every everyone at the table made their character a unique person that had nothing to do with the numbers that were on the sheet. Because all that was on the sheet was... Their stats and their skills. I mean, that's because yeah. at that point, that's pretty much what L five R was. Yeah, L five R is Legend of the Five Rings, and it's yep. an AP that uh, it started in podcast form, and I don't know if it ever went to video. Did it? No, the new one will. Yeah, yeah. so it, that's all in the old podcast stuff. But you yeah. can listen to it. Good stuff. And the first one will be in the in beta, right? In the beta, L five R Legend of the Inukai. It's called Dissension. I got one of those too. The old one, right here. Saga of the Inukai. Saga of the Inukai. So if you want to look for that, it's in podcast form. Good stuff. Oh, that for went sure. For, that went for almost 30 episodes? <clears throat> Wasn't that many. I think it was... F- really? Uh, I think it was like 15 or 18. I was going to say, maybe it was 15, 17, or... Yeah. And then the, then there was the next generation, which ran and then kind of petered out. because I completely right. now have taken your thunder again. I'm sorry. No, Go no, ahead no. with your character. We're having it, it was I, awesome. have a good conversation. You're, no, it just... Uh, the game is a lot of fun, and it has been interesting to me. Don't make me take mine out. <laughs> I can go get it. It's right here. Ready? Okay, oh, we're going to have a fan we're off? We're going to have a fan off. Ready? Where's my other fan? I don't know. Hand me the it? one that's over there. It's a, that, that stick. That, oh, yeah. It's appropriate. It's my style. I got this one. Oh. I got one with C-3PO on, on it that looks like that. I was thinking about getting one of the big ones that's like 30 inches wide. <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's, that big. Here's the thing. In my wildest dreams, I could not out-coquette you. No. I know. No. no I know. Right? You have I'm to just... tune into the video. But like we could, if we had zooming ability, we would zoom in on Stu doing... Stu's very coquettish. I'm t- you really it nailed is. it. It really no, is. It's, it's, it that's, is. That's, like, the, that's the adjective for it. I would be I'm the shit when it comes to playing the demure... Uh, uh, no. <laughs> You're like I'm the poo. You're the Harvey Firestein of, of I am the Harvey Firestein. I just want to be loved. <laughs> well, and seriously, you, you are totally Harvey. <laughs> 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 Is that so wrong? No, you're way cuter. It's just really cute because it's like, and I could. That was not even on camera. What? I remember you. L5R? Yeah. No, it wasn't. There with, was no camera. With 
But just the description, and you were wooing Dave's character. No, Dave he was, was wooing, wooing you he was wooing with me. wooing words. Right. Yeah. He was playing this. Yeah, it was the scorpion and and and, and then it, look, and he does it. He he's. I know it's. Oh my god! I bet my eyelashes. I gotta retire my fan. <laughs> I can't even do it. Yeah. No, but it's very. I, I am a man magnet. <laughs> <laughs> and how? Uh, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. <laughs> anyway, this is way less interesting. What I have to say. It's certainly no good. No, it is. It's way less interesting. <laughs> I'm serious. I'd rather talk about you in the fan doing the seven hours thing. of super heroic shenanigans from okay. Clockwork. Mark. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, I'll start. You finish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I all? Nah. I'm the fluffer. You're the, am, you're the star. Not, no, I just. Yeah, why did it go there? It went there. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were fault. going there. I did. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I just almost Marissa Tomei there. <laughs> in the the. My yeah. biological <laughs> clock is, is going like this. The chicken. little dear eyes. He puts his little yeah. dear lips down to the yeah. And bam. Oh, <laughs> he shoots you. <laughs> And I ask you, Bam! are you going to care what the asshole yeah. this shoochie is wearing? <laughs> exactly. I played exactly. that for my daughter, and she was like, this is the best thing ever. It she is, was going to do right? it in theater, and the theater director, and she went through the monologue and just like, I don't know if that's appropriate. And is that movie like 20 years old now? Yeah. Oh, it's Jeez. older than more, that. More. It's older than that. My cousin Vinny. I think that's We've horrible. actually brought it up a couple of times, and people yeah. went and saw it and think it's I think it might be yeah. from the late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's on that cusp. There was a blurry line between like 87 and 92, really. They, <laughs> that, 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 oh, like, you know what? You're right. 92. There you go. Wow. 25 years? Yeah. Yeah. I we remember it. It was a good time. Oh I think God. it was a blurry line. I'm sorry. What did you say? Uh, what is a you? Did you just say you? What the, did you say you? What the hell is a you? What is a you? Call after yeah. three. <laughs> I have a, I have all of those lines memorized. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. That movie's awesome. Sorry, we don't have to read any more emails. I just <laughs> talk about my cousin Vinny. Uh, and the fact that Alicia Vikander, who I'm obsessed with, is going to be the new Laura Croft. I'm trying to get you guys to watch movies. Man from Uncle, Ex Machina, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Uh, but the she, Danish girl. Yes. Yes. No, She's I'm in the Danish girl. That. Okay. Nope. We'll see Man just, from Uncle. It's awkward. Yeah. See Man from Uncle. Dear Stu and the Friday Evening <clears throat> Douche Crew, uh, Clockwork Monk. Uh, checking in again, depending on the size of your backlog. I offer three greetings. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. And Happy Festivus for the Seinfeld Inclined. This past weekend, I ran what was probably the longest session I've ever run. It lasted an insane seven hours. That's a long time. <laughs> Stu had, had one... We had a D&D combat. Come on, combat. I was just, yeah. Stu had a combat that lasted... <laughs> I think seven hours. Then there was a shooting. Jesus God. We should... Oh, yeah. yeah we should have called our doctor after the session lasted longer than four hours, but oh well. Things just spiraled, and I have zero regrets about it. For the past several months, I've been running a pretty fun superhero campaign. All superhero campaigns, right? I, yeah. I, I've converted you. You have converted me. I've always me. talked about how awesome they are, and That's Gina's like, I don't get it. And now yes. she's like, she looks, she confided in me. You're I know. Like, we need to do it. Like, I, re- I get it. Yeah. 
I, I miss it. They're awesome. Uh, this session had two stories operating simultaneously with one another. There was the main story with the players and their regular superhero what? characters. And we had another story where my players all played completely different people 30 years prior to the events of the game. Cool. Yeah. That's a lot of balls to keep in the air. That's awesome. <laughs> Throughout the game. Stop it. Don't talk about your balls. I'm keeping them in the air. Okay. <coughs> Throughout the game, we switched between perspectives until both stories finally intersected. I let the players make all the decisions about how the stories came together, letting them own as much of the narrative as possible, and damn, we got good results from that. Stuff I would have never come up with if I were the only one allowed to make story decisions. All I did <coughs> was basically say, uh-huh. yes, and. Mm-hmm. Turn it over to you. Hooray for playing the Happy Jacks way. Also hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> uh, soundboard! Yay! People love when the soundboard comes Also of note, this session was a playtest of Cam Banks' latest Cotex Cortex Prime Draft. Not Cotex. <laughs> Ay caramba. It was a bloody period in the time. <laughs> He was really working it out. Oh. It was spotty at best. You were a nightmare to 13-year-old girls everywhere. That's why I never got dates at 13. And now I get it. No, you never got Nobody. dates at 16. They, were in, they remembered. I didn't bring up members. Also of note, this session was a playtest of Cam Banks' latest Cortex, Cortex Prime. Prime draft. With Marvel heroic rules filling in uh, whenever he could figure out how to handle things in Prime. Does that make sense? Okay. The system was yeah, a blast. Because it's, and a, it's ap- still not, it's unfinished. Okay. Yep. Uh, the system was a blast and absolutely perfect for Super's game. Much better, I think, than Fate and possibly on par with Wild Talents. Hmm, bold statement. As fun as all that was, however, I do have a serious question for the show. <clears throat> how do you manage session length? Uh, well, I don't know. My wife manages it quite well. And we're moving on. I did, int- <laughs> <laughs> did not intend the session to be seven hours long. In fact, I really only planned for three scenes to happen. But with all the yes ending I did, the game basically just kept going, getting longer and longer. And none of us wanted to stop before we had reached a good concluding point in the story. There's definitely a lot of banter that goes on at the table, uh, most of it in character, thankfully. One of the characters went on an extremely long diatribe about how to properly brew tea once, and then sidetracked us for <coughs> half an hour, a very hilarious half an hour, mind you. However, I really like to keep these sessions under four hours. How do you, uh, We all have jobs and other responsibilities. What strategies do you employ to make sure that we can bring an end to a session at a logical, satisfying stopping point without taking up the rest of your day? Thanks as always, Clockwork Monk. P.S. I'll be out in the Pasadena area visiting family this Thanksgiving. Oops. It's a little late now. I know. I've actually Hello. been out there almost every year around the same time for the past decade. Normally, I just go out and eat in the same places and whatnot. Uh, if there are any restaurants you guys think are worth checking out there, I'd love to hear your suggestions. So, how do we. How do you, how do you keep you just end the on? shit. Yeah. You just end this the is shit. the problem of a young man. This is the problem of a man who. <laughs> Doesn't have. I'm assuming one doesn't, more T-shirt. Just in yeah. that shit. Doesn't know there's going to be the opportunity for another session. 
So yeah. it's like find you can, find you the moment when the right players now. are chomping at the bit and end that shit. Cliffhanger. Right. Yeah. End that shit. But he. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is the problem of a young man who doesn't have a family yet. Yeah. I'm assuming. Maybe you do. I don't know. But we had that problem and the only time it happened <laughs> is when we were in combat. We had you had 11 players and it was uh a D&D 4E and it went for 7 hours and it was one combat. Yes. I'm not exaggerating. And it was awful. Not exaggerating. It was terrible. It was people were falling asleep. And then there, and then there was a shooting. Well, yes. That was the same night there was a but shooting. But still the street was cordoned off. Oh. You did. That's no when the that po- was actually the podcasts much more were after than the, the game. Comic. What? That's when the podcast was after the game because there was a podcast. I don't know. After, was there a podcast after that yeah. session? Yeah. No, I we swear. May, I, we may have been one of the earliest podcast. One of the know. earliest podcasts. Somebody on on the in the chat will know was right unless after. It was another. Yeah, I don't think it was that same. That session. people couldn't leave. It and, wasn't that same okay. session. Because we ended that game at like 3 o'clock in the morning. It was really late. Oh, okay. For old people. Maybe I just remember that story I, then. But th- there had been another another game session where we, we, we played during the day and ended at like 8 or 9 and then did a podcast. And there's like oh. 7 people in the podcast. Yeah. Right because that's never happened. Like we're doing an eight PM, we'll be like, <coughs> uh, we, we used to do podcasts with uh, lots of people. tanks outside. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Right. Yeah. We used, to, we used to sort of have an opening door for podcasts yeah. and stuff. They, right. There was a Thanksgiving podcast, I think. I, it was and like, it killed the party because suddenly yeah. four or five people would leave at a time. Yeah. I actually remembered that the old, like when I would listen and there would be six, seven people in the booth on, on my, you know, I'm sitting around right. my little transistor radio phone and listening to my podcast. <laughs> and yeah, no, my stories were on. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, getting my coat ring and yeah. Um, <laughs> But you, you talk about how there were so many people in the studio and the Civil War couch, and yep. that somebody had to sit on the yoga ball. It's and when still I came over in there. here Have tonight, you sat on it yet? no, there was a yoga ball, and that's I was a like, different yoga ball. They're okay. Yeah, I was the, like, are those, there the guests? Civil War couch is still in there. At no, least it's, it's not. not. The Civil War couch is now my daughter's bed. Uh, it's not in there. Go look in there. There's no. Right. There's no. There's no couch. That's fascinating. I get rid of that. I get that's rid funny. of that uncomfortable on the couch. <laughs> So four hour My games. daughter's sleeping on it. it. Turns out, you put a thick mattress on it, it's fine. Interesting. <laughs> Is that the one we used to sit on? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was fine. I had to put a pillow behind my back because yeah. I'm not as tall as... No, it's all, it's it's ungodly uncomfortable. It, it is. I think it was that. So it killed him. I'm telling you. The civil, the guy, the civil War soldier? It killed the Civil War. Well, suppo- that couch has been in my family for a long time. Really? Yes, it's been in my family for three generations. Allie's the fourth generation to have that couch. And supposedly, at least four generations, yeah. supposedly a Civil War soldier died on it. I don't know if it was north or south. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't know what side. Because i got family from both sides. <gasps> That's fascinating. I have family in Virginia and I have family in... And we contend, oh. having sat on that couch, that what killed him was... Was the couch. The damn couch, yeah. Oh, the couch he was, was probably fine couch. when he showed up. He's like, oh, I just need a glass of water. I'm it, really out of it. And then he died on the couch because <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Well, it turns out the cou- that, that it's a hide-a-bed. What? It's it early, is? It's an early hide bed I did not know that. There, there are two sections of slats, and you pull the thing out, and when you pull it out far enough, all the slats even out and become It was made flat. by the guy who made forks. Are you sure it's a hide bed and not a hide-a-coffin? Because no, that, that no, thing was hide-a-bed. that uncomfortable. That and the reason it's uncomfortable when it's in couch form is because the slats are like this. Yes. All the way down the thing. Yes, they oh, are. They're staggered. That's but like when my you, but when you pull, parents' couch that was a pull-out bed and it you pull the whole horrible. thing out, when you pull it out far enough, it goes clunk, and all of the slats are on the same plane. 
What? Throw a mattress on it. Clever my engineering. Lo- my daughter loves it. She Clever engineering. Most, it's it just wasn't intended. It was. It's it was more a bed performing it its wrong role in life right. for it years has, and years, and right. and the the spirit that is within the key, cursed piece of furniture is now happy. And yes. All right. It. Enough of your okay. apocalypse telling of. of <laughs> I'm just <coughs> trying to tell a story here. All right. That's all. So so, do we have anything else for him? No, I mean, it's just it? like end it. Just end it. <laughs> Yeah. If you're gonna, if you want to run for four hours, run for four hours. Leave yeah. the audience wanting more. Yeah. Well, Do what Stu does and end on a cliffhanger. And I would say read your audience too. Like right. if it's the one where it's like, no, everybody is really digging this, and I can see it going to a conclusion, and it's going to take another two and a half hours. Like if people like are end the campaign it. sort of yeah. thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe take a hey everybody you cool I see another two hours at least. No, Stu has actually ended ended games right before combat. He's like, no, I think here's yeah. a good time to leave it. Well, and we're all like, oh f you. <laughs> and we've been yeah. waiting all and and I've, and it's awesome because yep. I, my goal is to end end a, end the game in the middle of combat just before someone's about to make a critical role. Mm. Take a photograph of the map. Come uh, back two weeks later. There you go. That's actually really fun. And, and it's actually it. The, the players may say that they hate you, but they actually really love it because everybody yep. now is going home and they're all emailing yep. each other. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right, oh, yeah. Everybody's thinking about it. They go back to. They go to bed that night <laughs> thinking about like their character and mood motivations. It's a really great thing. The cliffhangers are the uh, GM's best friend. They really are, actually. And the player's best friend. Mm-hmm. It really makes the game that much more interesting. And they will forgive everything if you leave them with that cliffhanger. They really will. It seems awful. You're going to feel terrible the first time you do it, and your players are going to love you. They're going to say they hate you, but they're going to love you. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't describe it any other way. They're like, oh, I really want this combat. Yeah. And they'll pick up their stuff and they'll complain all the way out the door. And then they will be so enthusiastic when they come back the next day to pl- or the next game session to play, right? Absolutely. Mm. There you go. Now, as far as so places too. to eat in in Pasadena, oh yeah. <laughs> um, you, did you just yelp it? It depends. No, it depends what kind of food you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has a, a lot to do with it. I don't know where they probably go. Buca de Beppo is a good family restaurant, of mm. course. That might be they're where they go everywhere. And th- so. I think they're open on holidays as well. Um, I like. What's the thing right above? Um, uh, I pick cinema. Gordon Bears. Gordon Bears, yes. Oh, Gordon Bears okay. restaurant. I like that restaurant a lot. My wife's favorite is actually Santorini, which is right across from there, which is also oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say. I've never been in there. I was going to say go to the Ipex Cinema. The Epic Cinema yeah. has a bar with craft beers that will serve you sliders. You get to go see a great movie, first release movie. It's a great date night. You get to sit in the recliners. They bring your popcorn, you bring your food, you bring your Are sliders, bring your sandwiches. I if they any place are. is open on Thanksgiving, it'd be that are. place. It is it is a wonderful luxury experience. You have to actually it's make expensive. reserve time. You have, you're going to have to make reservations, but you actually but it's th- they have the big plush couches, right? And, and each theater only has about what forty or fifty seats, if, if that. Yeah. They're small, and you show up early. You show up an hour early. You get your food in the bar and drink called? or whatever it's called. I pick. Cinema. Okay, yeah. it's right on Colorado, right? right. It's okay. actually underneath Gordon Bears. Yeah. It's it's okay. all it's all subterranean. Yeah. Okay. When you walk, there's a door you walk in, and there's like the little reception yeah. area where you give your tickets, and, and then, then you, you go, go down, down two two. Oops. You go down an escalator. You go down two low two two flights of escalators, and then everything and you end underneath up the, the streets. It's awesome. That's what did you know that there was a giant underground theater uh, in on yeah. PV? Yeah. Yeah, I I'd creepy crawled. 
drove over there and you can see where the entrance is and where the the theater posters used to be. Now? It's closed. But <coughs> when well, pa- Palo Verde is in horribly ge- oh geologically unstable. It is except for the parts that aren't cuz it's a giant <laughs> rock. It's right, a, but yeah. the parts that yeah, Portuguese. What they call it? Portuguese oh, yeah. twist. Portuguese or? bend. Portuguese there bend. are signs that say "caution, constant land movement." Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever have you ever driven there? Yeah. I shit you not. Yeah. They go in and they repave the road. Yep. How often? Once a year. Uh, once at two least, years. Yeah. And then they paint new lines. Yep. In months, the the ye- the double yellow line down the middle of the road is like this. Because it's on yeah, a fault no, line. Yeah, no, you can see there was a. a it's a, more than a fault line. Right, no, so, it's it's a, totally yeah. unstable earth. Let's explain. This is Palos Verdes. Yeah. yeah. When we say PV, we mean Palos Verdes. And Palos, Palos Verdes, Verdes is a the peninsula. An, it's a peninsula. Yeah. Uh, in relation to LA, where is Palos Verdes? Uh, south. South. West. Yes. It's it's not yeah. it's, it's not a coast. It's a little thing that jut, out it juts and, out yeah. and, it, and it actually it actually creates the port of Los Angeles and yes. the port of Long Beach. Right. Yeah. It, and it is. It is right exactly on the fault line, which is yeah. why that moves around. But, but, no, but line, it's not the fault just fault lines the fault line. We in LA are so blasé. We're like, it's funny. No, the fault they line's in the it. ocean. And the peninsula actually moves one-eighth of an inch towards Pasadena every year. I, I, that's, that's a Okay, fact. That, that, that's going to make some land rights issues at some point. Yeah, at some yeah. point. <laughs> no, because it's... But there are a lot of... In a couple um, millennia, people are going to be like, you know... There are a lot of uh, military... Installations there, and they're they're oh, not. I, there's there's some of the old World War Two yes. gun emplacements, bunkers, yeah, and no. and the, what this was was some ginormous, I don't know, theater where they used to do even premieres and had Hollywood people oh, really? and stuff like that in the 40s, mm-hmm. and yep. yeah, it's all underground. Well, that's that's why they built the it's the the casino in in uh, uh, on Catalina. They used to use that for movie premieres. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Hollywood Cecil still, B. DeMille, I think, would Hollywood's yeah. still a driving force. But a lot of the I remember, remember when Westwood was the place to go see movies, and now it's a yes. ghost town, right? Yeah. It's like you go to that that yeah. movie. And I know I don't know that theater the anymore. The, the, the point being yeah. that there's all these wonderful old buildings. I don't know if they dug that subterranean area for the IPIC theater or if it wow. already existed. Yeah, I'm I sure wonder. It existed, I'm but sure they, it was they, something else because yeah. it used to be an AMC theater, and then they brought it up. Really? Anyway, my point is yes. that is a wonderful destination for Pasadena. If you were coming into town, food. Go, go fantastic food. It's a it's, no it's bar fair. Yeah. There's wonderful okay. beers. It's expensive. It's first run movies. Okay. You're gonna. Sp- I mean, and you got to reserve it per person. You're probably gonna spend forty bucks a person mm, with dinner. Well, with dinner, you're gonna different. spend eighty bucks a person. Yeah, yeah. Oh lord, it's expensive. I'm an, I go there like it's once dinner in a movie though. I am yes. an ArcLight girl, and there is a an ArcLight. Yeah, in Pasadena, it's the o- the yeah. only two ArcLights even go to ArcLight Hollywood. Arclight Pasadena, and if if uh, chain stuff is okay, I don't know where these guys exist outside of California West Coast. Well, the, the, he, the, he comes to Pasadena, but Yard House. Well, I was oh just saying, yeah, Yard Buka House is fantastic. In, like, oh, yeah. the Midwest, right. and, but Yard yeah, House Yard is House is is good, and they're right next to the Arclight. Right, and uh, Lucky Baldwin's, BJ's. I like BJ's. And these are all beer brew pub yes. basic places. Lucky Baldwin's, Trappist, pub There used to be a place called Crocodile Cafe. Is that still in Old no, Town? Or they, closed down? they used to love that place. No, it was very California fair. What, what did they replace? Oh, what's that place on, that used to be on, on Green? That's not on Green. It was a, it was a north... It was a east-west street. It wasn't one way. Hmm. Uh, Congregation... Con- con- 
Ale House. Congregation, Congregation Ale House. Yeah. It's still there. It's, it used to be the old firehouse. too, but I don't know right. how far. Yeah. It used to be Billabong, and now it's Congregation Ale House. It's on, is it on Raymond? Raymond. Might be, a, might be a Raymond. In between Raymond and Arroyo. It's the old firehouse. And yeah. it is within walking distance of the Stone Store. Yes. So Stone is an amazing uh, Stone brewery, brewery yeah. right. in Escondido, but they have a store in a tap tap room or a And the gold room. line runs right through there. Yeah. It's right yeah. over right. there and through there, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's actually, what's, what's interesting so about <laughs> Pasadena year. to me is that it's very yeah. much like a little European town. Like, Old Town Pasadena reminds me of, like, any small town in Germany. There's a train that runs through there. There's brew pubs. There's food. There's, a, there's a, like, festive scenes every weekend. Where Except we're not a sleeping. town. We're, we're, like, like almost, like, 350,000 people. Yes, but a lot of Old people. Town still <laughs> has that feel. Yes, it does. And they've yeah, actually preserved a lot of the architecture, too. It's a really interesting little dichotomy. It's not... People think of L.A. as a vast wasteland of culture, and when you come to Pasadena, there's... Hiking in the hills, there's the Huntington Gardens where Blue Boy is hanging in there, you know, right. famous uh-huh. artwork. And Pinky. And, and the Norton Simon Museum is right there where there's Picassos right. and stuff. I mean, it's all within 10 miles of each other. And we have the glitziest parade ever. Yeah. We, yes, well. and they're already putting up. Yes, they are. Yeah. Be, in the next two weeks, they'll be Every taking year. down all of the street lights. Yeah. Every year. All right, yeah. well, I guess so that's this show has been brought to you by the Pasadena Tourist Board. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to give you one of those. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? Why problem make? I got it. I got it. it. Russian bear. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. All right. Should we end? Yay, soundboard. Where's your uh, Where's your Charles Nelson Riley? Oh, I got a lot of CNR. Or Sorks Harris. We'll see. I got this. (laughs) How's that for a chopper? I got this. Come on. You, you rang. Do you have Stark's hair is great? Of course. Stark's hair is great. <sighs> I I miss Lurch. Lurch is awesome in oh my CNR. God. Yeah. Talk about CNR. Somebody should go back and and get the sound boy bite of the original two days. That'd be easy to find, right? It's in yeah. the first. It's in the first episode of of, of okay. the L five R game. First episode, yeah. It was the first. It was session. the first. Remember, I, I came up with that adventure, and I'm like, "Well, you guys haven't done this one." And he's like, Dave's like, two days." We I remember that. We're like, but, 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 you, I, mean, I mean, I don't remember that being the first. Okay, it was I, it, it, first or second because I remember it was the first adventure I wrote for L five R. Wow! So it, it, if I it took you guys second. two sessions, it might be in yeah. the second, the third or fourth. But it's no, close. it's not. No, no not even third second. or fourth. All right, because by the third session, yeah. I remember. I know you guys. I remember Dave. I can yeah. even remember him going <laughs> two days, and I'm more like. <laughs> and, oh. and I said, "Wow, you really laid your dick on the table, you didn't did. you?" <laughs> he said, "I didn't think it was the first. Maybe Dave is in it's there. It's the first or second okay. because it was. That, I think it, it was that. It was that first adventure. Yeah." Because right after that, the Inukai family was given the valley. The valley was taken away from the Kakita and was given to the. Inukai. I can st- I can picture Dave to this day in slow mo going, and he had the backward hand clap. That's we totally, will do this. That's a good in day. Two days, and I'm like, it wasn't. It was. I, it actually is not that dramatic. He says, Yeah. He's like, two days. <laughs> that's what I remember. We'll do it yeah. in two days. And good good news was dramatic. Yes. Because yes. then it. It was a callback because yes. he would do it. Yeah. Should we end it? Yeah. Sure. Sure.
little bit. Thank you for joining us for season 20, episode 16 of Happy Checks Everything Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Gina. I'm Stork. Uh, and we'll see you next week, 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Friday night. Don't forget, on Sunday, Motes. the last mode of sin. Wow. And that's it. Thank you very much. We'll leave you the song. Bye-bye.
ships overhead trying to reach us for we're dead but those poor old souls more widows may create and they work the night and day to find the air gap where we lay so our families will have something to remate keep your pity to yourself bask in your mega lots of wealth think nothing of the love that feeds the wine I'll see me right there on the news enduring and listen to news why we here for the good air to expire keep your pity to yourself bask in your mega lots of wealth think nothing of the blood that feeds the wine I'll see me right there on the news enduring and listen to news while I wait here for the good air to of the Angry Folk Media Empire.